Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. That is what they don't tell you about senior year. I am Maria Kalina, and I will be one of your hosts for the day. My name is Daisy. And I'm Dulce. Well, today we have a very exciting topic that Dulce is going to go a little more in depth about. So in today's podcast episode, we're actually going to be talking about the FAFSA and the CSS profile and the differences between them and just going a little more in depth. I feel like, especially for the CSS profile, that isn't really explained unless like you're applying and sometimes to like private schools and even then sometimes it's not really like clear on what you need to do. So hopefully this helps some of y'all out there. So first talking about some deadlines, the FAFSA usually opens up in October and it usually closes in the beginning of March, but the deadlines do range depending on your state. So make sure that you look on the FAFSA website and figure out what the, what those dates are um, corresponding to each of the states. And just to break down financial aid, at least for the FAFSA, um, basically you do this application each year of your college process. So you're applying for federal grants, work study and loans with the free application for federal student aid, which is FAFSA. Your college uses your FAFSA data to determine your federal Your college uses your FAFSA data to determine your federal aid eligibility. Many states are you frozen. You're frozen for me. Oh, awkward. It's fine. Internet likes to be annoying. It's fine. Just edit that part out. I'll just start back to where I was. Okay, so your college uses your FAFSA data to determine your federal aid eligibility. Eligibility. Many states and colleges use FAFSA data to award their own aid. After submission, you receive your student aid report, which is just called usually STAR. So the money you get from FAFSA usually consists of grants, scholarships, work, study, and loans. Um, grants are basically just... Uh, money that is given to you you don't have to repay it very similar scholarships is free money that's based on your academics or other achievements or on financial need to help you pay for your school work study is a way to earn money to help you pay for your school so you're usually getting a job on campus and all that money that you would technically earn as a job is just going straight to pay for your tuition and loans is just money you borrow to pay for your college or career school and you have to repay it back. So sometimes it acquires interest and sometimes it doesn't. So subsidized loans don't have interest. The government pays that for you while you're in school, but then after you graduate is when it starts to starts to accumulate interest. And then after that, unsubsidized means that you start accumulating interest beforehand. Your first step in completing your FAFSA is you have to create a FSA ID for yourself and your parents. And all you need is your full name that's written on your birth certificate. The first step in your FAFSA is to create an FSA ID for yourself and your parents. All you would need is your 
full name that is written on your birth certificate and your social security. But you can still complete the FAFSA even if your parents don't have a social security number. The process is just a bit different and a bit longer. And keep as a note that if you have other siblings who are in college and have completed the FAFSA before, your parents most likely will already have an FSA ID. At this moment, I would like Daisy to talk about her experience with uh, the FSA as her, just I'll let her explain her situation. Yeah, so my parents don't have social security numbers, but they do do their taxes. Don't get, don't get confused with the social security that they have on their taxes that's for working because that's what I got confused on and tried making a FAFSA ID or FSA ID, I mean. Um, I tried doing it with his work social security and it said it didn't exist. Yeah, it normally starts with like a nine or something, a nine two five, I think, or it starts with the number nine. But don't get that confused for the social security. Uh, what my process, I had to mail in uh, a signature of my dad's every time. So every time I had to make a like edit on my FAFSA, I had to mail in um, uh, a signature of my dad's that uh, one of the papers they make you print out. So every time you make an edit, every time you're going to send in FAFSA, they're going to make you send in um, a signature, like I said. And that takes about, in the beginning, it took about a month for my signature to get processed. And towards the end, I had to make a modification. And like February, it didn't get processed until the end of February. I did I sent it in the beginning of February and it didn't and it didn't get processed until the last week. And fast when normally closes in um the beginning of March. So always try to do your FAFSA in the as soon as it opens. So in, uh it always opens in like October, around October in California. Um it always opens around uh October. So always try to do it in the beginning because it's just too much having to send in the letters all the time. And sometimes you have to send multiple of one because they lose it. So if you have to send it in uh, through mail, just be very like on yourself about it. Very true. And to continue on, if you're a student who doesn't have a social security number, then you'll complete the California Dream Act the California Dream Act allows undocumented and non-resident students of the United that aren't U.S. citizens and eligible non-citizens who qualify for non-resident exemption under the Assembly Act 540 will receive certain types of financial aid, such as private scholarship funding through public university, state-administrated financial aid, um, and it basically is a way for students who don't have a social security to also be able to be eligible for Cal grants and Pell grants. So if a student doesn't have a social security, they'll complete the California Dream Act. If your parents don't have a social security, then you'll just have to go through a longer process. But you personally, if you have a social security, you do the FAFSA. If you don't have a social security, you'll do the California Dream Act. Maria Angelina. I just want to clarify, because in case it wasn't clear, the California Dream Act is only open to residents of California. Like, I think in other states, it's 
like it really depends like i know i think in wisconsin it was where it's different and they have to fill out like a different form if you are an undocumented student but yeah that, and you have to have like i think like three years of residence or something three to four years of residence in california and have been going to school in california to be eligible for it just wanted to clarify that yes if it wasn't known from the name california dream act it is sadly only for california What you would need to complete your FAFSA because you will be told this information over and over, but just so you can hear it one time before or after they tell you, you're going to need your social security number. You're going to need your parents' social security number if they have one, a driver's license if you have one, and you need an alien registration number if you're a non-U.S. citizen. Um you're going to need your federal tax info. So that's your IRS 1040 or your foreign tax return, which could be known as the IRS uh, 104NR or IRS 1040NREZ or a tax return from Puerto Rico, Guam, America, Samoa, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and there's three more that are listed on the FAFSA website. You also need... Um, records of your untaxed income. So that could be like child support, um, interest income. And then there's also way more that are listed. So make sure that you read the information carefully. And you're also going to need your information on cash, your savings, your check, your checking account, your balance um, investments, and just way more. So these are just things that are going to be needed to be handy to you. And so to go back on the FAFSA and just the different like grants that they um, offer, they offer Cal grants and Pell grants and Cal grants differ from A, B and C. And those all differ from the, they range in the amount of money you get. And they also range in how you're eligible. It's usually through your GPA and you're going to have to complete a different application process, which is why this whole financial aid gets complicated. Um, do any of you have anything to say on that? Um, I do. Uh, I just want to say a Pell, I just read right now, because I don't I don't know the difference between the Pell Grant and the Cal Grant, because I didn't qualify for the Pell Grant, but I qualified for the Cal Grant A. And um, Pell, the Pell Grant, I think I read it was a, a government funded, and Cal Grant is obviously state, and I just... I just wanted to say that. Yes. And they all also depend on the amount of money that your parents make. So depending on your expected family contribution, your EFC, which is also stated on your FAFSA, will also depend on your eligibility if you're awarded Pell Grant, Cal Grant. And before I forget, you apply through for these for California through Web Grants, which is the website that you're going to have to fill out to be able to see if you're eligible for, because then they'll let you know, are you eligible for your Cal Grant or your Pell Grant? And I just wanted to say that the Cal Grant is given by GPA, but the Pell Grant is given, uh, it's, they mostly give it to people who are like uh, financially needed. Uh huh. It's not merit based like the Cal Grant. It's a need based. So if you have to make your parents and you have to make under a certain amount of money to be able to get the Pell Grant. To add on to what Daisy was saying, I think it's also really important to 
I would say to to be realistic with the amount of money that these um, grants and scholarships can give you. Um, I think for me, because I was told that Cal Grant gives me would give me a certain amount of money if I had like a certain GPA, and I think it's if you have like over a three point like you're like set on getting like the highest. I would have known that at least. I feel like I would have prepared sooner and like applied to scholarships earlier. I think that's also just one thing to keep in mind. This being said, if you're a California student, just because I know it's cheaper, um, but if you're a student and you're not eligible for like Pell Grants and for, uh, for like Cal Grants, it is okay. Like college, whether you do like community, whether you do like a four year, like these like circumstances of, of which like maybe you're in that awkward in between where you're still part of like a lower social class, just not low enough. Um, and you don't receive the financial aid, like it's not the end of the world and somehow things will come together. But look for those resources and don't let it don't let it discourage you. Yes, very true. So kind of what we have already touched on, what we think you should know. You can always resubmit your FAFSA to get it reprocessed if you make a mistake on it or if you need to fix anything. Um, but again, like we said, make sure that um, you submit it early so that you can get all these things fixed if it needs to be fixed, but also so that you can get processed in time as well. And also make sure you ask for help because the FAFSA application is long and complicated and there are people out there ready to support you. So make sure you just ask. And also I want to mention FAFSA only gives you spots for 10 schools. So when you're placing your 10 schools, if you're from California, make sure you put a California school as the very first school, just because that's, um, it's just something that I very was told. first and last. But, yeah. Um, but also make sure because, that, yeah. would you like to finish? Or? I was going to say first and last, because if you don't do it last, then they won't, um, and you're a California resident, then they won't let you open your above grants, like, um, account. And it took me two extra weeks to open mine because my the last schools I had like placed on my FAFSA were in Boston and so they didn't let me open my work grants account for a while yeah and then after that you can put the rest of the schools in and resubmit go ahead Daisy I just wanted to say if your FAFSA gets processed uh before like our deadline was March 2nd I don't I'm not sure if it's like that every year but I know it's the beginning of March um, if your FAFSA is processed before March 2nd, you can edit it after March 2nd, as long as it's been processed before March 2nd. Because I was scared that I had to make an edit um, on my FAFSA after March 2nd, and I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it because it, it already had passed the deadline. But since my FAFSA was already processed, I could I could make more edits on it. Yeah, and when I was doing my research, I think one of the last dates to make any final revisions is around September, but make sure, again, get it all done before then so that you don't have to worry about it. So now after this whole FAFSA talk, I wanna move on to the CSS profile. So important note, the major difference is that the FAFSA provides federal grants, loans, and other type of government assistance. And the CSS profile is an application that the universities use to determine how much non-federal financial aid you need. So aid that you would get from the school. 
The CSS profile is available on the 1st of October and the deadlines range for each school. So there's a list of colleges that accept the CSS profile. So you have to make sure that you check the list to see if your school's on it because there's no point in submitting the CSS profile if your school is not on it. You should apply to the CSS profile because it gives you um, an opportunity to give a more in-detailed story about your family's financial situation and it also gives you a space to explain your situation. So you should complete it in early October and submit no longer, no later than two weeks before your earliest deadline that's specific to that college. Um, do you have your hand raised, Maria? Good. I was going to say, so I hated filling out both the FAFSA and the CSS profile. I applied to both public and private schools, and so I had to do the CSS profile. But at the schools where I didn't apply with the CSS profile, I got a significant more amount of financial aid than at any public school I did. Um, the complicated thing about the CSS profile for me, and I know Jose had a very different experience, was my parents are small business owners, and so I had to fill out the whole, um, the whole business section, and my family didn't know what to do. And because a lot of the students at my school or at our school and and like other and like other programs I was in, one either don't really apply to privates or two don't have a small business. I was put in a really tough situation because for a lot of my mentors, it was new to them too. But I think filling out if you have the opportunity to fill out the CS profile, please do so because even though it can be more tedious and more complicated than the FAFSA, it honestly helps so much and could really save you a ton of money okay so who must complete the css profile make sure you check your college's information to determine whether the css profile is required as i said how do you complete the css profile you have to go to the css profile that's located on college board once you sign in you'll find a list of documents that can help you determine what information you need um and then an important factor in the CSS is the cost, because I didn't know that there was a fee when I first started filling it out. And so the initial fee for the application is $25, and then any additional um, schools that you may add on is $16. And so the CSS profile does have fee waivers, um, which kind of vary because... Um, in my financial situation, I'm in a very particular um, position where I'm not low income, but I'm not don't have all this money coming in either. So I was eligible to have a fee waiver for my whole CSS profile. So that was helpful. But back to like the process, you're going to sign into your college board, um, which is also where you, you would do your SAT and your PSAT scores. So there you would find the CSS application. You'll complete the application. Um, make sure that you have all the documents that you need. That may range from your W-2 and other records of your income, records of untaxed and benefits from your current and previous tax returns, your current bank statements, records of savings, stocks, bonds, trusts, etc. And you'll need documents from two years prior and as well as what's expected for your income for that year as well. They're going to want to know that. And make sure that you take care of all the things that are listed below because they'll have a checklist and it's a very lengthy process because you have to submit every single page of your um, parents' tax forms and you have to submit other parts and different schools have you submit different papers so you have to make sure that you look for everything that the school is asking 
of you, but the CSS has the benefit of they'll look more into your financial need. And for me, at least, my AFC from FASFA was higher than what the I applied to Barnard, and Barnard had a lower family expected contribution because of the CSS profile compared to what I would have had to pay if it was from the FASFA. So your AFC can dramatically drop because they're looking at different things and they're getting a bigger picture of what your family and the money that your family is coming into, where it's actually going and how much they can actually potentially help you with. So for you ladies, do you have any questions or want to say anything before? I didn't have to do the CSS profile because I wasn't applying to as many privates or out-of-state schools like you guys, but I would recommend doing it because as you see that Dulce and Maria aren't considered rich, but they aren't considered like the poorest people out there either. And it obviously helped them receive better financial aid than what FAFSA did. So if you're planning on applying to privates or out-of-states, CSS profile, the way to go. Yes. And if you're not sure either, just look up CSS profile college list and it'll give you a list of which who are the participating institutions. And if still you're not sure, ask because it never hurt to ask to get some help prior and making sure to complete these applications so that you can get the most money for your education because who doesn't like free money? But make sure you reapply each year because especially for the FAFSA you need to reapply every single year and just submit all your stuff earlier if you can because the earlier you submit it you don't have to worry about it later so thank you for listening this podcast was about financial aid where we talked about the FAFSA and the CSS profile thank you everyone thank you